At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're talking about 1990s sequel that you didn't need know you needed, but it turns out you do. Bride of Reanimator, as picked by Scott. Scott, I have a pretty good idea why you picked this, but let's shine that spotlight down upon you and let you explain yourself. <clears throat> Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> Bride of Reanimator. So good. I love Jeffrey Combs. So a couple things that I want to point out before we get into it. I hate zombie movies, but Reanimator and Brad of Reanimator are amazing. Um, so it, like literally gun to the head, if they were like, you got to pick three zombie movies that you're going to watch or I'm going to shoot you. It'll be Return of the Living Dead, Reanimator, Brad of Reanimator, because none of those are like annoying zombie movies. They just happen. To, they're awesome movies that happen to have reanimated bodies in them. <laughs> Um, they're not survival horror as much. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that, I mean, Return of the Living Dead is definitely still a survival horror. But yeah, the reanimator but it's movies. it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Reanimator movies are so different because it's like, it doesn't dive into that like, ooh, and this is just going to spread like an infectious disease. Like, it's not like, oh, well, when this one undead thing does this thing, like, and all of a sudden you've got an entire town filled with them. Like, they usually keep everything very contained into well it's because the, the reagent is the only thing that does it you know exactly like, it's not a it's not a virus and so because like virus movies they even when we're not in the middle of a pandemic they are not fun you know like that it just like 28 days later is the first time i watched that in like 2003 or 4 or whatever was really stressful i did not yeah. enjoy i mean it's a great movie yeah, there's like super it, well well-made movies that are not fun to watch <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah that's cinema and that's not what we do at this show yeah. we yeah. do we're not horror cinema night <laughs> because <laughs> that doesn't roll off the tongue yeah man if we could go back five years 
And we're certainly not horror film night. We are definitively talking about movies on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, Bride of Reanimator, I, I stayed away from all of the... Rea- I actually have only seen Bride as, as far as the sequels. In any case, uh, I haven't watched the other Reanimators after Bride just because... I mean, I, I think I've watched pieces on YouTube or something like that, but never a yeah, there's whole There's only one other one. Oh, there's just a third one? Yeah, there's the Beyond the Reanimator, I think it's called. Oh, Beyond Reanimator. I mean, it's it's definitely the worst of the three. It's still fun and ridiculous. There's no fucking way that you can be as good as the first two. Like, obviously, they're going to drop off. So the, the premise of the third one is that Jeffrey Combs is now in jail for <laughs> everything that he's done in the last two movies. I forget how, but it basically just reanimates people inside the prison. I just remember that there's a crawling dick throughout the whole movie that he reanimates. Okay, well, I'm watching it. (laughs) (laughs) I just love, you know, Jeffrey Combs is just, he's just a treasure. So I got my first haircut since lockdown last week. Megan was like, well, I'm going to do something drastic with my hair. You want to, you should try and like see if you can do something drastic with yours since it just it's grown out so much. And I said, okay. I did like a Google image search for like best men's haircuts 2020. And most of them were similar to what I already had, but one of them kind of had a little bit more of a punk rock feel to it or like rockabilly punk rock kind of thing. So I showed that to our hairstylist and she cut it for me. And as she's cutting the the side, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and um, it's a higher fade that I'm used to. And it's a much shorter side cut that I'm used to. And I'm looking at it and I, you know, that, that haircut that Jeffy Combs has in the Frighteners. Yeah. Oh my (laughs) God. It felt like that. <laughs> oh, Scotty, I'm so sorry. No, no, the haircut turned out great. It was literally just when I was like getting my haircut. I all I could do is like look at that and be like, I think I made a mistake. It turned out fine though. Is a road map map of pain. I do love that this movie. Like honestly, if I'm gonna, I'm not gonna sit down here and say that Bride of Reanimator is a re well written movie. I'm not gonna say that it's as comedic and smart as the original movie. But what I will say is that when Brian Yesna took over this franchise (laughs) as the director, he had one goal in mind, and it was to come up with some of the weirdest visual effects that he could possibly put on screen for 90 straight minutes. And for that, I adore this movie. (laughs) Hats off to Mr. Yesna. Like it starts off with that floating head narration and you're just like, ooh, am I watching Zardoz? Because I've got a talking head telling me what (laughs) happened up to this point. And then it just from that point on, it's just weird shit, be it like that weird finger eye monster or like a dog with a hand or like oh, oh my it's god just the, so weird oh, angel the dog that's actually the the death that I, I am always most invested in in this film well in any film is the dog death what's so funny is that francesca the first time i watched this movie i was like that's a pretty girl and i looked at her this time i'm like i recognize that face Oh, I had to I go to IMDb. She's a, she's a lot of vagina. Yep, I know that <laughs> There's not. I don't usually catch those things, but anything Austin Powers related, I was like, that's a lot of vagina, and I don't even need to look it up. Yeah, it, it actually makes the movie better. <laughs> but yeah, like I I love that so much of this movie is just Herbert West just fucking around in a lab out of basically boredom. Like I feel like the general conceit of this movie is that. He got bored raising people from the dead and is now just making weird fucking 
creatures for himself. <laughs> it's called science, Matt. Dude, when he has to fight the leg arm. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So it, funny. One of my favorite things in the world, and we talk about it anytime I, it's literally almost every single pick that I choose, uh, every single movie that I pick. People fighting involuntary, like people fighting inanimate objects is just so funny to me. And him and Bruce Campbell are like yeah, the two they're superstars the, they're the of masters. that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I do feel bad for Jeffy Combs because I feel like for some reason he never got the cult status that Bruce Campbell did. He was ostensibly in more movies that I know of than Bruce Campbell, but Evil Dead 2 is such a powerhouse. Even though Bri- even though Reanimator is equally well known, I just don't know why, but people are like, like everybody fawns over Bruce Campbell. And Jeff Combs is just like forgotten. I like Jeffrey Combs more. No, oh, I, I like Jeffrey Combs too. I like him more but, too. But like when I met him at a convention, like I don't normally go up to people's booths and talk to uh, to people, but he was just sitting there by his lonesome at this convention. And I was like, man, I'm just going to like, I don't want to buy anything, but I, I'll just go and shoot the shit with Jeffrey Combs because there's fucking nobody there. He's my number one person that I want to meet. I've said that yeah. before and I'll say it again. Like Every single time we do a Jeffrey Combs movie, I'm like, he's my number one celeb that I want to meet. I think it's our personalities. Like Bruce Campbell is the kooky and arrogant that everyone loves. And Jeffrey Combs is just spastic. Like but Jeffrey Combs is an actor, you know, like he is like classically trained. So serious. My two favorite lines with him are it's when the girl I can't remember it line for line, but it's when the girl's freaking out. And he's just like, God, she's crazy. <laughs> just like, well, no, like he has another line where he goes, well, thank God that's over with. <laughs> yeah. like, and then, I don't know why it was so funny, but it was when the uh, the cop doc, the cop zombie is like fighting him. And he's like. He's a wife beater, Dan. Use the gun. Yeah, I have that ring gun too. <laughs> um, so good. But I think the problem, I think the problem with Jeffrey Combs versus Bruce Campbell is I, I am a Jeffrey Combs fan over a Bruce Campbell fan as far as acting goes. But having met Jeffrey Combs and having known people who have met Bruce Campbell. I think Bruce Campbell, you get more of what you expect if you're like the casual fan, because the guy that Bruce Campbell plays on screen is not that far off from the person that Bruce Campbell actually is. Like, (laughs) like he's like a goofy, weird guy who's is overly confident, but is also like hyper aware that he doesn't have any right to be as confident as he is. (laughs) Whereas like Jeffrey Combs, when you talk to Jeffrey Combs, it's very much like the I only talked to him for a couple minutes, but it was very much like. Oh, I'm not talking to like Herbert West. I'm like talking to just a guy who's dedicated most of his life to the craft of acting. So like I it's like you want him to be the same wacky, like spastic kind of dorky, funny guy. And he's just like he's just a dude. And I think that that sometimes for like a group of people like the horror community that they very much want you to be who they expect Mm. you to be. I think that's where Bruce Campbell wins over Jeffrey Combs for a lot of people is that when they go to meet Bruce Campbell, they're meeting Ash Williams. When they go to meet (laughs) Jeffrey Combs, they're not meeting Herbert West. Well, and and I get that. I could tell by it's, it's almost like you could tell by his face and his acting as good as it is. You can kind of see who he is as a person. And it's the same thing with like, I don't think anyone's ever going to want to meet me. I, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> People ask all the time. They come to conventions. They say, I'm over meeting you, Matt. You go everywhere. Where is Brian? And can I buy a CD of Scott's? 
I, I, I genuinely feel like if people met me, if there was ever a time people wanted to meet me, they might even be like, he's kind of an asshole or, or that was lackluster because I have such crippling, like what I can do on the show. I cannot do it. Like I have such crippling anxiety that I'd be like, Hey, uh, thanks. Well, I think that you're- you know what I mean? Like, I don't see him being a bubbly kind of guy. I see him being very closed off and anxious, but great on screen and play and able to play that insane guy. You know, that's, that's true. I mean, I feel like Scott and I are definitely a lot more of like, what you hear is what you get when you see us in person. But I think that's because like, and this is getting off the topic of Bride of Reanimator, but it's still kind of tied in to Jeffrey Combs in a weird way is like having read all these books by comedians and people who are very, very funny. There is something that's frustrating to a lot of those people where it's like, yeah, like I go up and I tell jokes, but like when I come off the stage from telling jokes, I don't want to tell you fucking jokes. And like the expectation is like, hey, there's Pat Oswalt. Be funny for me. And he's like, um, I that I'm not Pat Oswalt twenty four seven just cracking wise. Like I'm, I'm calling malarkey. I am calling malarkey <laughs> on that one. I think Pat Oswalt is just Rip Taylor twenty four seven. I mean, I'm just it was the first comedian whose name came to my mind. But you know what I mean? Like people might listen to the show and be like, "Oh, Brian's so funny on the show." Like I bet hanging out with him, he's just like joke after joke after joke and it's like yeah when he's comfortable with you but otherwise he's like will not talk yeah i'm very silent yeah and it also has taken you like 50 fucking episodes to be this comfortable so yeah yeah i mean think about when i came to your house scott because that was the first time i met you i don't think we talked that much <laughs> I, don't think I, he, didn't know I don't think he knew what your voice sounded like until foof showed up and then you felt comfortable yeah. talking to somebody yeah yeah yo but seriously how scary is that basement <laughs> oh man dude. Just fucking home alone, dude. The fucking furnace. (laughs) Oh, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) So back to Bride of Reanimator. I was going to say, you talked about the detective. Oh, you can't have a steakout without a sandwich and a coffee and a styrofoam cup. Styrofoam cup. (laughs) Cup. Bad for the environment. environment. Uh, So he like almost exclusively talks in just soft whispers, right? (laughs) Like, like I feel like he's like walking around with that girl and just like, let me show you a little bit of something I found on the other. And she's just like, "Mm -hmm, yes, like I don't I don't understand it. And man, this movie, there's like a handful of movies that I own on DVD and like not like my DVD of Bride of Reanimator is an official DVD. It's not like a VHS PS rip. And it looks like ass like we like I was wondering about that because Brian and I watched it on Amazon and it's not a good cut. Mm hmm. Yeah, like I know that sometimes they're listening. So like Vinegar Syndrome, Scream Factory, whoever's out there, find the rights to this movie and fucking restorate it. Because like it just looks like a it doesn't just look like a VHS rip. It looks like a VHS rip of like a tape that someone left out in the cold. Like it's just like jittery and like it's it's washed out. And, you know, I don't want you to tell them to do that until they do the my kindred. movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting. Do the Kindred. Then next up is Ride of Reanimator. <laughs> it's. It, I have very specific needs, and these are them. <laughs> Most of this movie is just. It's funny because it fulfills being a pretty good recreation of the Bride of Frankenstein, in the sense that the Bride of Frankenstein isn't introduced until the last like 15 minutes of that movie either. And she hates her existence as well. You know what's so funny though, is that we're, we are completely ignoring Dr. Hill's head. 
uh, which I love. I guess I love that this old man, they got this old man for two movies where he's a fucking murderous head. Dude, with bat wings on the side oh, of Oh, yeah, the bat wings are so special. But I love that when Dr. Graves, the bumbling, like, uh, not a mortician, but whatever he is, like some sort of doctor at the hospital, he reanimates Dr. Hill's head again, and, and Dr. Hill goes, I remember you from Zurich. Your theory of reconciling creationism with the origin of disease. Totally idiotic. <laughs> <laughs> I just had, I, I appreciate that you let me do the entire quote because it feels good to do that voice for me. <laughs> the, my favorite thing is if you go on, that actor's name is David Gale. If you go on David Gale's Oh, IMDb that's David page, Gale? Yeah. You go to David Gale's IMDb page. Not only is his profile picture a severed head of his face inside of a bag, but... <laughs> His filmography just reads like Horror Movie Night's greatest hits because it's Reanimator, Bride of Reanimator, The Giver, and The Brain. So, like, he was in The Brain? I don't even remember him yeah, in The Brain. Yeah, he's the mad scientist who has The Brain. Well, you got to keep in mind that we did The Brain so long ago, and it was such a shitty VHS rip on YouTube that I watched. That What a what a movie. That's another one that I think finally got like a, a an official release, and I need to – I mean – I, I should note that when I said that I spent a hundred dollars on the vinegar syndrome sale, uh, not the like I said forty like thirty five was for the the uh, Amityville horror collection. The rest was me just buying the Blu Ray versions of shit that I bought on bootleg out of guilt. I was like, well, I mean, now <laughs> I need to have Spookies on DVD because I've had this bootleg for two years. <laughs> Yeah, as long as you're not one of those psychopaths buying an actual VHS copy of Spookies for $200 at a horror convention. Oh, dear oh God. God. That Something. I cannot, that I can't abide. But yeah, you've got the bad head flying around. You've got this Bride of Reanimator slash Bride of Frankenstein moment. But really, for me, my favorite part is the last five minutes where it turns into the best goddamn Hellraiser movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> they like go behind the wall and it is just like... Like, it's a few things that you've seen in the past, but then it's like a bunch of like new nightmarish creations. And you're like, what the fuck has Herbert West been doing down here for like years? Well, like, the best part about the best one of those crypt creatures, I think, is what they're called. Uh, because if you look at the x-ray on Amazon, it'll say like crypt creature one or black crypt creature, which I think is kind of inappropriate as well. But anyway, the best crypt creature is the double headed, the double faced one, which you're right. It's not Hellraiser. It's fucking Nightbreed. It's yeah. the best Nightbreed movie that we've never gotten um, Dude, because so literally good. that that is a character from Nightbreed. And, and it's just it's so like that whole i mean this movie's fun really i honestly my question is to brian because not only i mean he said so it's not like brian's been like silent on this but i'm pretty sure this was his first viewing and i'm curious how he felt about it oh no i loved it i thought it was so <laughs> much fun for what it was like i love just goofy ass practical effects um and 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 it looked like screaming mad george was just given free reigns to have fun and it, and it was a great time I didn't expect the story to be any good, you know, and it wasn't even a bad story. Like it was an entertaining movie. And like when you when you can captivate me that much, I'm sure if I thought about this movie more, I'd be like, ah, it was kind of a dumb movie. But but the special effects were cool. But when you captivate me that much, that thought doesn't even go in my mind. It's just like it was a good movie. Yeah, Because I was captivated the whole time, you know. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that it does what 
so so I'm going to use Dream Warriors as the example because I feel like that is like the go to sequel that people are just like, this is what like a good horror sequel is. And like a good horror sequel, you don't want to just do the same thing a second time, but you want to stick to familiar territory, but also up the ante in every way that you can. Calm down. We already saw Scream 2. <laughs> Carnage candy. But like as much as we we as people now love uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. I totally get why people hated it back then because it's so it, it doesn't stick to a familiar path at all. <laughs> and like I don't, off I don't watch it. I don't really oh, like Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I'm telling you, man, you got to watch. How, how long has it been? Eight years. Yeah. Watch, mm, watch, Scream, watch Scream Queen. Watch just the second about Freddy's Revenge, like the segment about Freddy's Revenge and Never Sleep Again, and then rewatch it. And there is so much delightful, like weird shit happening throughout that movie that just like went over my head the first time. But Dream Warriors, it stuck to what the what we knew of Freddy from the first movie, but then was like, yo, but the nightmares are getting way more vivid. Like they're getting more, where there's more practical effects. The kills are crazier. And like reanimator did basically that same thing where I was like, okay, we've already know how the reanimator world works, but like, let's see like how fucking wacky can it get now? Now that we have the framework, like how can we push against the framework? And I think that that's what you want in a good horror sequel is to like do that specific thing. I, I will sit down now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the last thing I'll say is that I I think I need adding to my long list of sound clips that I want to use in the future. I should do I should do a cover of the Bride of Reanimator or the the Reanimator theme. I I think that my next horrors is just going to be Richard Band stuff because why the fuck not? Because he's the best. And I love the Reanimator theme so much. But um, if I do that with the Reanimator theme, I think and I maybe it would be blasphemous for me to use something from Bride instead of the original reanimator but I love the part where West goes uh, get off of me you rejects <laughs> <laughs> I mean I say just pull audio clips from all of them and then you're in the gold okay yeah all right well that means I have to like watch the third one and find something worthwhile in it at maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not what <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Yeah, what is your double feature with Bride of Reanimator? I am going to go a little oblique, and then once you guys talk, I'll I'll say what my triple feature would be. It might come to, as a surprise to you guys, but I am going to pick another zombie movie. 
I'm going to pick Return of the Living Dead 3, which feels very, very stylistically similar. And so it would just be like a really fun zombie sequel movie. Um, I think that that movie came out in 1992 or three or something like that. So it would be really close in time frame. I, I bet that there is a ton of overlap as far as like who was involved with that movie too. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, it's a Brian Yesna movie. Is it a Brian Yesna movie? Yeah, I think they're both Brian Yesna movies. Yeah, awesome. I just, I I love, (laughs) I I, I love Return of the Living Dead and I love Return of the Living Dead 3. Yeah, no, those are the, those are the good ones. All right, Brian. I would, I would have a double feature night that Scott actually might want to come to my house for because I would be watching (laughs) Bride of Reanimator and Cellar Dweller. Oh, man. (laughs) Okay. Dude, are we just going to like do a marathon of Jeffy Combs because I'll take it. Oh, man. And I also it, love it that Jeffrey Combs is in it for like five minutes. Yeah. If we did a Jeffrey Combs marathon, it would have to end with Frighteners, though. That's my oh, own, that's yeah. the only stipulation. That's not, that's not a stipulation. That's yeah. like, that's the selling point. Yeah. yeah. So, I technically, so here's the thing. And Scott, I apologize if I steal your triple feature on this explanation. That's fine. That's why I, I'm saving it. There's two movies that I tend, uh, I, I pick pretty frequently. I haven't picked them in a while. And at first, my instinct was like, oh, double feature for Bride of Reanimator clearly is going to be Frankenhooker. But no, because Frankenhooker is a great double feature for Reanimator. But those last five minutes of Bride of Reanimator and the flying head with the bat wings and all that shit, this is a double Say feature it. with Patchwork, baby. Yes! Oh! <laughs> like, oh. God, I love that movie so much. I mean, it, I, I understand that it's derivative. I get it. It's just so fun. It's But you can do derivative well, and it and it does it very... And it's so funny, because I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, that was really good, but it kind of, like, bothered me. Because, and I've talked about this before, like, people going to sleep and waking up in an entirely different body is, like, one of those horror tropes that just actually frightens me (laughs) like it's like something that scares the shit out of me how did i get here this isn't my beautiful wrist (laughs) exactly so like for me i was like okay well that was fun but i'll never watch it again because that really fucked me up and then you picked it for the show and when i rewatched it i was like man this movie is a ton of fun and then i think it's a really good script yeah i made like two or three other people like i watched it like two or three times after that just by by being like oh you haven't seen patchwork fucking suckle up children it's time to watch suckle up <laughs> yeah. is that a, is that a term uh it is now so scott what is something that you watch that you want to talk about so i started this is uh so weird i i hate to even admit it but i am a very outspoken anime hater um mm-hmm. I, I i hate that weeb shit I have been trying. Uh, so in quarantine, I have not been sleeping very well. Um, I'll fall asleep, but then I'll wake up at like 3 a.m. and I just can't get back to sleep until 6 or something, 5 or whatever. But so like I've been kind of filling the time with just whatever I can. And I've been trying to watch Parasite, not the movie, not the South Korean movie, but rather the Japanese anime um, about this kid who his hand gets taken over by like an alien slug do you guys know what i'm talking about Mm-mm. i've seen the picture of it while scrolling but that's all i know about it when i'm watching stuff like this i'm watching it without sound because at night i'm trying to get back to sleep it's much more sleep inducing to read subtitles than it is to listen to people talk and it's even if i was watching it with sound i would have it muted and just be reading subtitles because 
I obviously don't understand Japanese, so I it would just be more confusing for me. But it's a slow show. Like, I like the concept, and I think that it has potential, but I'm not sold yet on it. I, when it finishes, when the season finishes, I'll update everybody and let them let them know if I uh, still thought that it was lackluster, but just not not feeling it. And I'm not feeling Altered Carbon season two, and I'm not feeling Ghost in the Shell. Um, they did a, a new Ghost in the Shell cartoon or you know anime on Netflix. Like Netflix, just last week, Brian was talking about how Netflix is putting out good content, and let me tell you, a lot of it is mediocre because I am watching it at night. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this movie Arkansas last night. It didn't have very good reviews. But I watched it anyway, and I'm kind of glad I did. I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty good. It is um, it's Clark Duke's directorial debut. He he wrote and directed it, and he's actually stars in it with Liam Hemsworth and Vince Vaughn. And it's just about drug dealers in Arkansas and how just like sloppy and bumbling they are. It's definitely a good dark like it's definitely a good dramedy and i would suggest watching it i don't know if i would pay the six dollars i paid to watch it but but i i thoroughly enjoyed it and i'm a fucking sucker for clark every time he's on screen <laughs> i get so happy he made he's the reason i watched uh, hot tub time machine too <laughs> couldn't save that movie though could he no no he couldn't but no, nothing could save that movie <laughs> But Sex Drive and Hot Tub Time Machine and even his small uh, role on The Office. I I just adore him every time he's on screen. So funny that you mentioned Clark Duke because I want to talk about a book written by someone who looks like the skinny adult version of Clark Duke, Ben Folds. So so, uh, Ben Folds released an autobiography last year called A Dream About Lightning Bugs. Ben Folds is one of my favorite songwriters. Ben Folds 5 is one of my all-time favorite bands from the 90s. So I was like, I definitely want to read this. And I have been just ripping through it. Like, I've got maybe 40 pages left. But I started reading it yesterday, and it's a 350-page book. Jesus. What I like about it is two things. First of all, that it's a memoir written basically in chronological order of his life from a childhood up until like 2019. But what's cool is that instead of it being this overly analytical breakdown of like, and that's when I wrote this song and this is where this, like he'll just tell a story. And as you're like reading the story, you're like, this feels kind of familiar after the story's over. It just has song lyrics from one of his songs. And you're like, that's what that song's about. Got it. Okay. So he was like, cool. Yeah, like it's a really cool motif throughout the book. And you just find it like the dude was just dude's just so talented and then also humble about being talented. Like he just doesn't seem to think that it's weird that like he can play bass, drums, guitar, piano, xylophone, like all these instruments and that he's never been like actually trained on how to play it. Like he just learned it all by ear. Well, that just makes me angry. Yeah, it's just like, what the hell? And he talks about how like, yeah, I'm an all right songwriter, but like the drummer in the band's really the, the talent. And like, like he's just so willing to like throw compliments to like dudes who like they had a terrible breakup and like he's still just like we wouldn't have worked without so-and-so's bass playing. Darren made me a better songwriter like just very complimentary to people. Highly recommend top notch. Uh, even if you're not a Ben Folds fan, it's a definitely a fun read just if you're a fan of music, but it, it's made me like I've been re-listening to whatever and ever. Amen. Since we were talking about music, um, finally found a new album that I like that Ooh. I think that people 
that I sent to you guys uh, that I think the people that listen to the show might be surprised came out this year. There's a band called Call Me Malcolm, and they are a legit ska band. Um, they kind of remind me of Mad Caddies. Um, but not quite as punk, a little bit more polished, you know? Their new record is called Me, Myself, and Something Else, and it is a real banger. Love it. Nice. Mm. I'm stoked. All right, well, that was Bride of Reanimator. Uh, <laughs> but if you think that we're done talking about people reanim- reanimating body parts, then you are incorrect. So tune in next week for even more of that gooey goodness and stay tuned for more. Obviously I can't believe we're we've officially entered year six by the time this is coming out, which is insane. Check out our uh, social media and all of that good stuff in the description comments and visit our website, hmnpodcast.com. Obviously go and hit up our Patreon too. Why not? We're pretty good guys. We put good information in there. We love you. And we will be back with another episode next week. listening to the Geekscape Network. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why are you my facing Floyd Mayweather in the woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network.